Our Father in heaven, this morning we come to you. We ask, Lord, that you would speak through me words of life, that we may hear your words, not mine. Lord, please transform us, renew us, shape us into into more like you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have been with us over the last couple of weeks, we have been going through a series in Rhythm and Practice, a short series about the need to realign our hearts in the presence of Jesus. And sadly, today is our last part of this series. But just a few weeks ago, we learned that you and I are not primarily rational beings. To be a person is not to be a thinker first. Instead, to be a person is to be a lover first. You are not a robot. You are a person. You you have loves. You have longings. You have desires. And so... In order for us to flourish in the world and to be the designer who built his house on the rock, we need healthy rhythms and practices that imitate the patterns and habits of Jesus. If you recall Donald Hebb's axiom that says, nerves that fire together, wire together. The idea here is that we habitually do, do changes, that we habitually do changes who we become. That's the idea. So we talked about the importance of attention, right? And the things that we behold, the things that we contemplate, are things that we eventually become. What are the things that we are watching? What are the things that we are doing? are either bringing me closer to Jesus or taking me away from Jesus. You and I are being transformed by what we constantly look at. And then a few weeks ago, we talked about how it is necessary for us when we look at family, when we look at our origin, when we look at our past, um, looking at the wounds, looking at the traumas, looking at everything that was done to us. And it's necessary for us to look at those things so as we seek for wholeness and healing. And so in light of that, how do I move forward? How do I change to become more like Jesus? By adopting rhythms and practices that are rooted in the work of the Holy Spirit, that, are shape, that shape us and change us over time in order for us to reorder our desires. In short, by adopting the habits of Jesus into our daily lives, like scripture, prayer, having worship, either in the morning, in the, in the evening, before I go to bed, even when those habits are not always fun. Sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, we wake up and we're like, man, I'm just not in the mood this morning to do this. But how do I get to the point where I 
instinctively do them anyway, even though I don't want to. How do I do them anyway? Because the habit will change my loves and desires over time. The more I do them, the more I get closer to Jesus, the more it will change over time. But there is another piece to the shaping of our habits as we are entering into this rhythm and practice that that Scripture points us. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10. And in a recent study, researchers found that our world is currently suffering a loneliness epidemic. Swiss-British journalist and author Johan Hari discovered when asked the question, how many close friends do you have? The most common answer was five, and now the most common answer is none. Sherry Turkle, sociologist and psychologist out of MIT, in her book Alone Together writes, We are lonely but fearful of intimacy. Digital connections may offer the illusion of companionship without the demands of friendship. Our networked life allows us to hide from each other even as we are tethered to each other. We would rather text than talk. When technology engineers intimacy, relationships can be reduced to mirror connections, and then easy connection becomes redefined as intimacy. Put otherwise, cyber intimacies slide into Cyber solitudes. Loneliness is the great enemy of the modern world. From physical health to mental health to overall happiness, loneliness has ravaged happiness and wellness. We are, in Johann Harry's words, the loneliest, loneliest society that has ever been. So loneliness is this deep ache, this this pain in the heart of our culture. And if you hold the vision to human flourishing from Scripture, you can say that we were made for relationships and for partnerships. We are human beings. We were created to to not be in isolation, but rather created to be in community. All to say that if you're a human being, then you were made for relationships. It is nearly impossible to believe that we can flourish as individuals, as silos, as islands, going through life alone. As Jonathan Harry said, so eloquently stated, bees need a hive, humans need a tribe. Now let's read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10. It says, verse 10, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, 
to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part that's his share causes growth to the body for the edifying of itself and love. So according to Paul in Ephesians, there is an event that happened in history that has changed the nature of the people of God. Jesus walked on earth and he descended and accomplished his mission of disarming the powers of death and of the enemy and ascended to heaven as the superior one above all things. And the way that we know that something happened when Jesus went up is that some of those things came down. Paul teaches us that something real has happened in history because a new era has been launched among the people of God. His, this, his community is no longer defined by kings or priesthood, but instead, his spirit has come down to all who believe. Through God's vision for his people was always to be a global community of faith. The ascension of Jesus Christ and the outpouring of his spirit has catalyzed the people of God to become a global family of believers. When Jesus went up after his resurrection, his gifts came down. This is evident because here the church, according to verse 11, it says, is now filled with apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We know something real has happened in history through Jesus' ascension to heaven as the supreme one because the church has shifted into a global community, into the direction of love and sacrifice in a school that speaks truth and love. Verse 13 says, it tells us that the goal of the unity of the church and the collaboration of the body of Christ has two ends in mind. First, a knowledge of Jesus. And number two, a maduration. Some versions say unto a perfect man or a perfect person. But there is a word there that's translated in the original language, which is the word teleos from telos, meaning in goal. In other words, further in Ephesians chapter 4, we learn that the maturation process, the telos, the in goal, the measure or the statue, the stature is to be and to become a likeness to that of Jesus. That's the end goal. And this cannot be overemphasized enough. The goal of our formation of habits, the adjustment of our lifestyles from one of selfishness to selflessness is to become like Jesus, 
to imitate his maturation and to have his lifestyle in our lives. This is the end goal. To be like Jesus. To become like Jesus. To do what Jesus did. And get this. We cannot experience maturation, what Jesus envisions from us, apart from integration into community, the church. In other words, community is non-optimal for discipleship to Jesus. There is a maturation of the heart that happens in and through the church that does not and cannot happen in isolation. According to Paul, being in community has transformative power. This community of faith has the power to change you. And what is true of the church community is true of all communities. Every community is maturing, forming, habituating, shaping you into someone or something. I don't know if you remember in 2020, uh, during the height of the pandemic, it almost feels like a blur to me, but during this time, I was in the seminary in Michigan. And the reason why I can remember this so vividly, so clearly, is I would never imagine that there would come a time where they would close down the university, they would close down the town completely. And in that moment, in time, it was very difficult to be in isolation, to be isolated from everything and everyone. And I know that probably the effects weren't seen as much here, but I can remember this so vividly because during this time, I had a group of friends in seminary that we would uh, meet together. We would have vespers outside. Everyone had their lawn chairs and we would have the proper distancing and everything. But we would meet outside and we would we would have vespers together. We would eat together and we we would experience things together. All to say is that. That experience changed me forever. The way I view friendships now, the way I eat and the food I crave have forever changed who I am because of those experiences, because of those moments, because of those situations that happened. Why? Because my community shaped me. Communities have formative power. Humans are hardwired for living in the context of relationships. Psychologists Richard Plass and James Cofield, in his book, The Rational Soul, says, At the core of our being is this truth we are designed for and defined by our relationships. We were born with a relentless longing to participate in the lives of others. Fundamentally, we are relational souls. We cannot be relational. We cannot exist well without connection and communion with another. Maybe you're an introvert just like me. 
Or maybe you're quirky, or maybe you feel like you're socially awkward. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You are a relational soul. You were made for relationships. We were created to be in community. And of course, in a perfect world, our communities would be places that are oriented towards loving others and helping us grow into followers of Jesus with ourselves, with our whole selves. But unfortunately, that is not always the case. As far back as history teaches us, the human condition has been described as one being bent on itself. We are selfish. Our natural tendency for us is to be selfish. Augustine describes sin as love turned on itself. So how do we become people whose love is not turned on itself? But choose rhythms, practices, and habits that have turned us into outward towards loving others. For the human heart naturally seeks out for itself. Lives in a type of self-preservation mode. In its own good for others. However, the church is the place that God has set up to be a place of counterformation, to shape us into people of selfless, other-centered love. And this happens in two specific ways, through participation and confession. First, participation. Ephesians 4, verse 16, it tells us that the whole church body grows when each part does its work. Older version says, the effectual working of every part. The church is at its best. When every member has, been in, has become involved, yes, we need each member. We, you know, Usually people joke around that there's 20% that do everything and the other 80, um, you know, they just show up. But the reality, the reality is that we become a better community. We become a better church when we are all involved, when we all come together. Yes, the church is a better place when all hands are on deck. But also, you and I become shaped more like Jesus when we participate in the daily life of the church. Participating in the daily life of the church shapes you, ideally, into the kind of person who thinks of others before self and over time imitates more Jesus. Sure, we choose commitment over convenience. Sure, it's not easy to come here every single time to participate. But I think of those who show up late on Tuesday nights, who come regularly, who come faithfully, early on Sabbath morning, who, those who are opening the doors of the church, who are welcoming people, who are here in their post, who are greeting you with a smile, literally, The church does not work without you. There needs to be people that come here, that turn on the lights, 
that, that, that open doors, that close doors, that make sure that the air conditioning is working or if it's cold, that the, that the heater is working. Those who spend time working on the building during their free time. You know, we, we, we saw here this year another, another, another parking spot was made up here, closer. The, the little slab, the foundation, all those things don't happen if people are not giving of their time to come here and build the church together. Those who show up to important meetings after a long day's work, sure, it's hard. Especially on the days when it would be easier to stay at home, not to drive at night or to sleep in the in, or to stay asleep in the morning. Choosing commitment over convenience, while not always easy, shapes us slowly over time into people who are bent outward to others instead of inward towards self. I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about others. This community has formative power. Second, through confession. The book of James calls us to confess our sins to one another. I think of the times where, as a pastor and a member, I've been in the wrong and I would need to apologize and make things right. Just this week, I had to make a, a, a call to someone and say, you know, I think I said a comment that I probably shouldn't have said. I, I, just, I just want to make sure that we're okay. You know, when we come together, we, we have been in the wrong and we need to apologize and make things right. I don't enjoy that. But it's something in my heart that is convicting me, that it's telling me, hey, Edwin, this is the right thing to do. This is what you need to do. And being bound in community matures me into the way that isolation could never, could never do. Sometimes we are just confessing, we're not just confessing the wrong things that we have done to each other, but we're also confessing the, the things that we are going through. We're confessing our problems, our hardships. We're confessing what's in our hearts to someone to carry the burdens with me. We're confessing our, our struggles in life, having someone to come alongside me and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need your help. Could you please pray for me? Man, that makes all the difference in the world. We just had someone that we lost so dearly, that we loved. And I was with this person, and they said to me, you know what, Pastor, I don't need someone to preach to me. I don't need someone to give me a book. Right now, I just need someone to be with me. I feel lonely. I just, be, I just need someone to be with me. That makes all the difference in the world. Not just confessing the wrong, but also confessing what's going on in our hearts. What are the things that we're struggling with? It just makes it so much easier because we don't have to go in our journey alone. We don't have to wrestle 
through all the things, through all the chaos and everything that's going in the world, we don't have to go through it alone. We are a community that straps together, that comes together. And we have someone here in, in community that maybe you trust someone more than another. You can go ahead and, and, and get on that phone line and you can call them and say, hey, I'm dealing with the situation. Doing life in the church draws us away from the dangers of spiritual isolation towards the beauty of a complicated and yet good community of holiness. This community has formative power. I like what Christopher Smith and John Pattison and Slow Church write. And they say spiritual formation, in other words, this rhythm, this, this practice, this daily way of living, occurs primarily in the context of community. Long-term interpersonal relationships are the crucible of genuine progress in the Christian life. And hear this out. Don't miss this. People who stay grow. People who, who leave do not grow. It is a simple but profound biblical reality that we both grow and thrive together or we do not grow much at all. I love that language. The crucible of the crucible. Yes, naturally, we're not all perfect. Yes, we make mistakes. If you're in it, it can be hard sometimes. You know, there's people with personalities. There's temperaments. There's different things that you may not be accustomed to. And you're like, whoa, what's happening here? But, however, it is the crucible of community that we are formed, that we are forged in the fire to be like Jesus. Lord is teaching me to be more patient. Lord, please help me to grow more and to love others. It is only in community. Life is better in community. Life is better when we journey in community through the highs and lows with companions on the way. We don't have to do it alone. I, I just love it. I love it how our community can rally together and come together and console each other. I, I, I love it. You know, earlier Bernard was talking about, you know, we need to call Alice. Let's see how she's doing. I love it when people rally together because we are not thinking of self, but we have this other centered love. American author Helen Keller says, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Jesus' vision for us, remember, is to mature into the stature of Jesus' vision. His vision for us is not to remain spiritual infants who are naive to the obstacles of unhealthy rhythms or habits and do not be tossed to and fro by every idea that comes our way. No. Jesus wants us to become people who have matured into our walk with God. 
who have developed deep roots slowly over time and become like Him. So the goal, what is the goal? The goal is in Paul's words, according to Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, is for Christ to be formed in me. The goal is for Christ to be formed in me. And that is not possible apart from integration into the church community. So this morning, I want to invite you to lean into your community. And sure, if you're searching for a community, maybe you're new here, maybe this is your first time that you're here, I just want to say that this is not a perfect church, by all means. I don't want to create disillusionment, but at the same time, I want to say that there is no such thing as a perfect church. Right? What this community does offer is the opportunity to mature into the image of Jesus. I can guarantee you that. I may not get it right. I have a lot of growing to do. Our leaders may not always make the right decisions. Though we try our best. But I believe that if you commit yourself to planting your roots here volunteering and giving your life to God by participating as a body of in the body of Christ your heart will be shaped into a person of love it's not always easy Jesus is still doing something in my life Jesus is still doing something in my heart he's he's growing me he's maturing me as a follower of Jesus Lord I want to be faithful I'm still growing in my journey with Jesus. This church community has formative power to change you and to shape you slowly, progressively over time. I can promise you that. So if you want that, if you want that, I invite you to lean into the community. Lean in into your brothers and sisters. And over time, you will see your habits reversed from being primarily inward to being primarily outward because that's the way of Jesus. Shall we stand for our last hymn? Heavenly Father, this morning we are so thankful, Lord, because you have not given up on us even when we have given up on ourselves. We thank you so much, Lord, because you continually want to grow us and shape us more to be like you. And so, Lord, as we leave this place, may your presence continue to be with us. We pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.